Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to give a shout-out to Ruben and his podcast, Hoops and Hefeweizen, which is a Mavs-orientated podcast. Thank you for all your support. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Hoops and Hefeweizens podcast. I'm Alex. There is no Ruben this week because that asshole's in Hawaii. So, <laughs> so this week uh, we brought on uh, Bryce Patrick from Lockdown Rangers. How are you doing tonight, Bryce? Oh, I'm good. Enjoying the craziness of the NBA offseason. And also, I'm like, oh yeah, it's baseball season now. And baseball yeah. and WNBA season. So all we talk about is, all we, everyone's going to worry about is, is you know, those things for now. I mean, the draft's not that important. We already know where Zion's going, so who cares about the rest of it? Um, well, uh, there, there's, there's some interesting <laughs> things happening draft-wise now, and we can touch yeah, on that in a second. Yeah, now there are. Oh my gosh! I literally all I care about, like now that Zion's like decided, I'm like, oh, all I care about is where Jarrett Culver goes because he is my son, and I'm very proud of him, and I want him to be happy. Yeah, maybe he'll be in New Orleans. Maybe. I don't know. I think. Like as much as it kills me to say, I don't know why I I have like I should have no ill will to like the Hawks, but mm-hmm. because like Trey stands are so annoying, I like it makes <laughs> me like annoyed with the Hawks. But I'm like they're a fun, legitimately, objectively a very fun, yeah, like upside team. And Culver I think would be perfect there, but or yeah. he could go with with my other son um in Cleveland um and Colin Sexton and both of my sons from two different schools could go and and do great things together. I mean, having people that you followed for a long time, like meet up on, on different teams is always fun. That'd be great. Yeah. I really am trying to steal Zaire back to Dallas somehow. I think he'd be perfect here, but I don't know how that happens. Yeah. I mean, I remember when, uh, when we got Chris stops and everybody was like, Oh my God, Chris stops and Dirk's Dirk together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was just mad because during that playoff run, I think Zaire really could have helped them, and they didn't play him, like, at all. Yeah. I was just like, what are you doing? Like, they needed more def- guys who could cover wings and point guards, and I'm like, that's – like, if he has no other skill right now, like, he has exactly that and energy and mm-hmm. athleticism. So, like, what are you doing, coach? What you doing? Uh, it's I mean, I think it's a, it's a thing in the NBA where, like, rookies just don't play in the playoffs, really. It's dumb though. Like I, was, I'm not saying it's smart. It's yeah. just a thing. Um, I mean, Luca would have played in the playoffs had well, the Mavs gotten there. <laughs> yeah. But I, I give them props. I, I mean, I worry about the like the cycle of mediocrity and the fact that the Mavs were so willing to be like, all right, yep, we got our guy. We this guy is even much better than we realized, and we thought he was going to be like almost generational talent. So. Mm-hmm. We're going to strip off all of these pieces right now, and it's going to suck right now, but we're going to go and get a second star, which we absolutely need to get and sell him from day one and keep Luca here for forever, which I'm not so sure with with Luca that you do. I think he's – I mean, it's hard to read any superstar nowadays, but, like, I think he's perfectly – would be perfectly comfortable spending his 15-year NBA career all in Dallas because I don't – I don't think – I think he hates the drama. Of like all this other stuff, he's just like, yeah, I'm cool yeah. being here, and I bet seeing all that's going on this off season, if he's even paying attention, which I uh, I don't care if he is, I think it'd be kind of hilarious if he just comes back, just like, wait, what happened? Oh, <laughs> cool. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's paying attention, but at the same time, like, you know, you're coming from a structure in in Barcelona, um, Madrid or Madrid, sorry, um, <laughs> w- with Real Madrid, where, you know, he was on that same, he was with that franchise from 15 to 19, yeah. or 14 to 19, you know, f- four or five years. Um, and it's such a stable structure, too. Like, it's, like, I mean, international, like, 
I don't know how much about like transfers and stuff in international like basketball, but I don't. I know they're not nearly nearly as crazy as like international like soccer transfer rumors and stuff. Where yeah. it's like it's the NBA is kind of getting that way. It's like oh we see this guy here and like oh he's like in Dallas or whatever. Like I like I noticed that Fr- Frank or Frank, Frank Nilakita and like yeah. literally like thirty minutes before the Woj bomb about the AD trade dropped. It's kind of like hilarious. Oh yeah, but I, like, I mean, look, all these people like caring about what Frank Nilakita is doing. So apparently, his agent is is based in Dallas, and so that makes sense. And well, that's I think why you even like, mentioned it on Twitter that a lot of players come and practice in Dallas. Like, yeah, yeah, they do, but like none of them like post about it. That's why I thought it was weird. Because yeah. like, well, um, I know Monte Ellis is, is a regular hooping in the in the summers. Um, mm-hmm. in the Mavs practice facility, and I'm sure there's some other NBA guys there. I don't know who they are. The only ones that I know are like Lamarcus Aldridge, or Lamarcus Aldridge, and I think um, uh, Turner, Miles Turner, yeah, Miles Turner, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but those guys are from the area. Yeah, well, and DFW has a really, really good sports science area. Like, their sports science is fantastic around here. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, Casey Smith is is a G and I, I think we're seeing like one of the, I kind of want to look, let's, I, I kind of want to talk about the, the Raptors and, and then winning the championship and what, like, cause it has so many effects on everything. Yeah. Like there's like this whole last week, everything has changed and stuff. But I think one of the things that we saw is how important, like a really good training staff is. And Casey Smith is one of the best out there. And I think that might help in free agency just a little bit. Not, not so much, not like, let's not go crazy and, and say the Mavs are going to get some top tier guy right now. Yeah, for... they're not going to get Clay Thompson. They're getting Kevin Durant. Like, <laughs> oh, <God>. don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about my jokes as to why later. But yeah, no, you're right because when when we talked last week, um, it was three one. So KD hadn't even come back yet, and then KD gets injured in game five, and then of course Clay gets injured in game six. Both of them season long ending injuries from an Achilles and an ACL, uh, respectively. So, like, having a training staff that you can trust, I mean, look, they had Dirk doing whatever he was doing all last year. Um, They're working with uh, Chris Stops and his team after his ACL. Um, They helped bring Wes back after his ACL. Um, They're helping JJ with his ACL. So they've got it all over the spectrum. They've got a guard, they've got a wing, they've got a big, and all of the preventative maintenance that goes into that as well. Cause the, the Mavs don't have a long history of super injured guys and they have a history of bringing guys back like Seth Curry or like Monte. Um, yeah, I mean, look at, look at Dirk's career. Look how little he was injured. Like it was yeah. incredible. He played 21 seasons like the, and the stuff that he had to do to, to play in this last season, the fact that he was able to even get on the court at all and play as many minutes as he did was incredible. Yeah, and that he played almost every game this season. Like, it wasn't like he was playing no back-to-backs ever, even though he played maybe half of the back-to-backs. Um, <laughs> it wasn't like he was playing five to ten minutes a night. He would really go out there after he was back and just grind it. So it's amazing. Like, it really is. Yeah, it really speaks to, to Casey Smith and what he's been able to do. But I worry that that a lot of people are going to learn the the wrong lesson um, from from the Kawhi thing. It's like you got to make sure that you you swing hard for your free agent in your window because you never know what's going to happen. And like to mm-hmm. some extent, and I think the Kawhi trade is like it's one of those like even if Kawhi leaves, like it was still a great deal. And they honestly, it didn't feel like they gave up that much for a guy who yeah everyone knew was at least a top five player in the league. Like there were some questions about like oh is he going to come back is Oh, she's going to play or whatever. And like that, mm-hmm. I feel like those concerns were way overblown. I mean, you give up like DeMar DeRozan and a single first a, round pick, a single first round pick and some bench players. And that's, yeah. that's it. Like they were some nice bench players. DeMar DeRozan is, is fine. A pretty decent player, but like but what they did, what the Raptors did is they basically had a situation where it was like, if it didn't work out with Kawhi and Kawhi left, I mean, Granted, it did work out, and even if Kawhi leaves now, then they're, they've set themselves up perfectly to trade Kyle Lowry in the final year of his contract mm-hmm. and completely rebuild their team. Uh, so Masai did a really good job there of not destroying the future for a right-now piece, really uh, which is something he, that the Lakers didn't do. 
No, no, they did not. Um, but they also has like OG Ananobi and like Fred Van Fleet is young and like and Siakam. Like those three are like legitimate yeah. good pieces. Um, and then some of the other guys they have around them are are, are fine as well. Um, but, Speaking of the uh, the Lakers trade though, did you see the picks? Um, yeah. I saw like a little bit. I, I knew it was like it's three first round picks and then like something with with pick swaps. I yeah. Here, go ahead and, um, and read it out to me. Yeah, I'm pulling up the tweet right now, and I just want to make sure that I give the credit to the right person that I saw it from. So, bear with me here. Okay, so this is from Tim Bontemps. The Pelicans will get the following picks from the Lakers: number four, number four overall pick in 2019, top eight protected in 2021, becomes unprotected in 2022, unprotected swap in 2023. Unprotected first in 24, unprotected swap in 25. Oh, man, that's going to be rough. If they if they bottom out, that's yeah. going to be so rough. It's that's just oof, man, even at least they even if they don't bottom out, though, the Lakers basically have no control over their own draft destiny until 2026. That's just insane. That's that's so long. And I feel like the Mavs like it's like. With those two, like before this year, before it conveyed, mm-hmm. like the like, basically three potential first they've given up for Luca and Kristaps. I was like, all right, at least, those at least have like some protections on them. But like, it still feels like, oh my gosh, like they still have, they still yeah. need like a, quite a few pieces to like get to championship team. Yeah, but, but the Lakers did that plus swaps. <laughs> yeah, just woof. For woof, that's rough. And we talked about this a little bit before recording, but, you know, for what could possibly be a single year of Anthony Davis. So, if yeah, if everything like hits, hits the fan and and AD is like, man, this is a lot of drama. And I don't feel like Braun is as invested as he used to be, which I think is, also, is a totally fair claim. But he's also the best player in the history of the world. So well, he's also in his 30s now and on the downturn of his career. Yeah. And, as much as LeBron was the best player in the world for a very long time, he's not he's, anymore. He's not. He might not be top three. As, well, like he, that he might may be, be right pitch, now because of Kevin Durant's injury. I don't know. That's so, that's that's a crazy thing that I might yeah. be willing to go out on limb and say is that he might not be a top three player next year. I Who think would Giannis, you put ahead of him next year, Giannis. Giannis. Why? Giannis, Kawhi, and Harden. Harden. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can I mean, see all three of those. Because Harden, Harden at least has good things on defense. Like he's a great post defender, and like he's at least trying now. But LeBron, like he's just literally given the mandatory defense like sixty percent mm-hmm. of the time that I'm watching him. And like as incredible he is as a passer and a scorer, it's just like the effort's not there. And mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like I got this switch. I got this switch. And then like. I loved all the memes about like how like okay LeBron is is going into playoff mode LeBron and blah 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 blah. But then and he went like oh for forty. Like, yep, yeah, <laughs> it was just great. I mean, I, yeah. I love LeBron, but I I also love the memes and making fun of the Lakers. It's just it's one of the joys of 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 watching the NBA. <laughs> oh, absolutely, and so it's just one of those things is that the Lakers are a really poorly run organization, Gosh, and they, they really got are. LeBron, and then they traded everything for Anthony Davis. Yeah, talk about learning the, the wrong lessons. It's going to take them, like, just, I don't know. It's going to take something catastrophic for them to, like, realize that they're, because they don't even realize that they're a poorly run organization, which is the scary yeah. thing. It just, but yeah, they take Genie Bus selling the team. Yep, they just lucked into LeBron, and they got AD, even though there's, like, no one else was, was really willing to give up, even mm-hmm. close to what they were willing to give up. I mean, good lord. Yeah. I mean, didn't didn't it come out that the Celtics weren't even offering Jason Tatum in a package? Oh my gosh! Can we t- can we just rag on the Celtics real quick on that? That's just <laughs> stupid. Oh my god! Danny I saw Ainge, th- the greatest GM of all time. Oh my gosh! I saw someone uh, saying that Danny Ainge is is the guy who talks mad game in the DMs but won't even hold your hand in public because he's too scared. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I I can oh definitely see that. I just like at some point you got to trade your assets in for something because like he's been saying like oh we're waiting on this waiting on this when the superstar comes available like look at these superstars that you could have had you could have had Paul George Paul George it makes a huge difference mm-hmm. you could have had Kawhi could have made a huge difference and you didn't and you deserve to be just like 
hung up to dry for that. It was just like Anthony Davis for this playoff run. Yeah. And I don't think Kyrie would have left, but now Kyrie's gone. Yep. Kyrie's probably going to, uh, to Brooklyn and you're going to be stuck with nothing. Here you go. Here's Gordon Hayward at like $30 million a year or something crazy like that. Here's a core that all hates each other because you brought in Kyrie for a season and a half Mm -hmm. and he made everyone hate each other. Like, here you go. Al Horford yeah. might walk. I think Al Horford should walk, honestly. Do you know what would be hilarious? I was just thinking about this. What if what? Al Horford declined his player option and then the Celtics traded all of their assets to get uh, – I'm trying to think of a player. Um, I don't even know who they would – Chris Paul. Oh my they gosh. trade everything for Chris Paul, and then Horford signs a, like a three – three-year 90 mil extension oh no oh al don't do that like that <laughs> al be free. just Man, to... I, I, I wonder because because like the thing that makes me laugh the most right now um is the houston rockets and how if they had just like not hated each other for like the last month and just like waited until the the playoffs were done to like start airing their drama and like firing people and making all these moves then like They'd be perfectly poised to go ahead and take that ring next year with KD and and uh, and Clay down. Like, man, yeah. it'd be wide open for them. At least in but the West. No, it, I think I still think they could be whoever came out of the the East. It would be tough, but they could definitely do it. Yeah, I mean, the Raptors had a hard time on a depleted Warriors team, so I could see it. It really just depends on what happens in the off season because there's no telling where Kawhi goes. Like I know everybody's seeing the Clippers, but you you never know. Um, Who knows? I I would love it if Kawhi just stayed in Toronto. Like why not run it back? Yeah. Well, and then all the rumors it. now are that Kyrie's either going to go to Brooklyn or go to uh, L.A. Yeah, I don't see the L.A. thing. I really just don't. I could see yeah. Kemba going there, but like I don't. I don't see Kawhi or Kyrie. Um, just making up and and being like, oh, you know what? Everything's fine. I think he was just trying to be like LeBron in his yeah. use of the media, um, with all the weird backhanded nonsense that he was spouting all year. <laughs> I don't he's know. It's always been weird. Um, I think he's just now realizing that he's actually weird. <laughs> <laughs> if that oh, makes think, sense, like there's something I, wrong with it. It's just I like so. he's out there. When was the year the cap spike? I think it was 2016. Yeah, the, 2016 the, was the cap year. spiked, and then everyone just threw out these really terrible, terrible contracts. I think this year is going to be a lot like that. There's going to be a lot of teams that think, "Oh, this is my year." The Warriors mm-hmm. are down. Everything's wide open. Especially if Kawhi leaves, everyone's like, "Okay, everything's open. We got to go now, now, now." And there's going to be some really bad contracts looking back in like two years, yeah. maybe yeah. even like a year and a half. There's there's more max money on the table than there are max players. Well, like <laughs> this and the 2016 money's coming off the books for a lot of teams. Um, so it frees them up to make more bad decisions. And yeah, I think there was something like six or seven teams this offseason that have at minimum one max cap slot. Oh, my gosh. That's so many. And and half the league are free agents or could be free agents. So good Lord. It's going to be pretty ridiculous. Yeah. I'm really worried about the Mavericks being one of those teams that does something stupid. I'm just, um, I'm, I'm really worried. I don't I, think they will. I talked they, about this on been, Twitter a little bit. It's just, they've been hitting nothing. Like they've been hit bang a thousand for like the last calendar year. Yeah. So, and they've never really done that well in free agency with their their first option. And they're talking. There's all these rumors and nonsense that I think the Mavs are trying to start being like, "Oh, there's some buzz. Mavs are gonna go get somebody. People are interested." I'm like, "It's see, I, this is. I am not. I'm going to subtweet the hell out of the people that I'm talking about. But you'll know who I'm talking about. There is one group that does this every single off season, and it's they like don't they have Mavericks connections last, anymore." Like, it's like they haven't been paying attention the last like five years. Yeah, <laughs> but the people that run that that website are very, very, very popular uh, because of what they do for the Cowboys. And but they they don't have Mavericks connections like everybody else does. 
And yeah, I, I don't even pretend that I have Maverick connections, but I know. I mean, I, I know that I don't, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I can sit here on this podcast and be like, Kevin Durant's going to be a Dallas Maverick. Prove <laughs> me wrong. <laughs> no, I didn't say when he was going to be a Dallas Maverick, but. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it's just one of those things. It's like, I understand that there's the need for clicks, the need to get something going. But I really never saw Kimba as really a fit for the Mavericks. I saw that one group pushing it. Yeah, I, uh, I've seen multiple. It made sense on paper. It honestly did. Um, yeah, I should just say, like, it, it's just one of those things. Like, I didn't see anybody reputable. I didn't say, see him considering. I mean, like, there was the like the fir- first person who started was a guy with, um, I think it was the Charlotte Observer is the name of that newspaper. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was interesting. Because that probably came from the agent side, and since there's so many big free agents, like the Mavs are going to be used so there's going to be so many like rumors say that this person the Mavs are interested in this person or whatever, and I don't know that the Mavs will be interested in all those people, but I know even if they are, they're going to be used a lot um, to be like the friend zone teams, like oh this person's interested, so so you got to go and and overpay for me, Mm -hmm. and as. I'm honestly fine with that as long as fans aren't getting their hopes up and just tweeting yeah. me of like, hey, they're, they're going to get this A-list free agent, this one, this one. I'm like, no, they're not oh, getting God. any of them. Yeah. That's, and that's fine. Yeah. And that's like, totally I joke about fine. I think the thing is, though, is like we just have to hope that it's not a situation like it was in 2012 to 2015 where oh, they're gosh. waiting for that person. I think as long as Donnie is allowed to run – this off season, everything's going to be fine. I think he is. And I think cubes is finally eased up. And I think that's why everything has been going so well. Cause like yeah. Donnie's brilliant and he's been doing so well, like, and pulling off this, this KP trading and mm-hmm. getting Luca when you were like, had the fifth pick, like just man, man, they really set themselves up for the future pretty decently. Yeah. Well, so far, like if they get a team friendly extension on Dwight, say they give like a bigger two year deal to Pat Beverly, they add a couple other pieces here. They're like mid-tier type pieces. Oh yeah, bring give back me a, their RFAs. Give me a big deal. Like if it's if it's just gonna be two years, then give me like throw a lot of money at Pat Beverly. That's fine. Totally That's what fine I'm saying. Like if you want, you know, because uh, Maverick super fan that never paid for his tickets and always got tickets from somebody else is already banned from the arena. So oh, thank God. <laughs> I don't know that he's that. That's gonna be a problem. Um, Don Nobler is not going to be a problem, and I think the people would like him. And I think he's one of those guys. He's like solid measure. If you yeah. if he's on your team, then you love him. If he's not on your team, then you kind of hate him. But yeah, and I, so the the Mavericks already have a very solid bench. It's just a matter of filling out that starting five, especially with Dirk gone. Yeah, um, and I think also the the Casey Smith angle will help because Beverly's missed quite a few games the last few years, and so keeping him healthy would be great. Um, yeah, so I think you get Beverly and maybe one or two other mid-tier free agents on overpay contracts for a shorter amount of time to give them maybe one more opportunity at, at, at a payout. Um, I, I think that that would work well. Yeah. And then yeah, that also so lets too. the team retool right before Luca's extension. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just get something that would be a competitive team. Like, I think the West, it won't be, like, I don't know, the top won't be as insane this next year as it was last year, but I think it'll be just as deep where every, almost every single team feels like they have a legitimate chance at a playoff spot, which yeah. will be fun and exciting. I, and think I think the match will be a lot better too. And they were like in the thick of it for most of like the first half of the season, at least yeah. like semi realistically. I would say every team in the West, except for the Suns, have a chance at the playoffs. Heck, even the Suns, who knows what kind of a leap Aiton's going to make next year, or like a fully healthy Booker, or if they go get a know. legitimate point guard. I Like, who knows? Honestly, who knows? Yeah, West but is I wild. mean, Rockets centers like Aiton are very much like point guards in the sense that they take forever to really meet match their potential. That's true. But what if they got, like, D'Lo? What if Kyrie goes to Boston, or to Brooklyn, sorry? Yeah. Let's see a B.O. or something, and it's just... My brain is confusing it. I don't know why. Um, Yeah, so I made this joke earlier. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the Suns could get D'Angelo Russell. Everybody could have a leap in their playing ability, and they could have a terrible defense but just shoot everybody out. Also, a Comet could hit the earth at any moment. That's true. 
Mikael <laughs> Bridges is a, is a really good player, though. I really yeah. like Mikael Bridges. I, and uh, Josh Jackson is is an NBA player. Um, maybe, maybe it's just <laughs> that I'm very low on their two biggest pieces. Like I, That's fair. I, I don't see Booker being anything more than what he is now, which is a, a a volume shooter with no defense. And what he is now is is fine. Is a pretty good offensive piece, though. So this is one of those like good stats, bad team type guys. Is how I see him. Like I don't think that he would be. It might be. On the team. Who knows? Who knows? Because he's don't... just allowed to chunk it up. <laughs> That's true. He's but... very much Kobe light. <laughs> the Kobe uh, played defense. That's true. Kobe light minus the defense. Yeah. Um. And then I just I don't know that Aiton's really ever going to work out. I don't know. He might. He's he's a weirdo. I have no idea what to what to think of him. He's like, I'm not gonna player. I'm not gonna be here and like pull a Skip Bayless and be like this team is terrible and they're always gonna be terrible. <laughs> and, well, they might be. Ownership yeah. is determined so much in this league. That's true. Like, look at the Rockets. Like, I think the Ro- the Rockets owner might be the reason that they never won a championship. Like in this James Harden era. Yeah, because know, he's all these dumb moves that he's making. Like, oh, I want to save like five million bucks. It's like you're a billionaire. Like your life is so hard. You being a billionaire. Like just if you don't want to like this is going to sound to make really, a good team, but like this is going to sound really bad. Finish. But what he's also a billionaire from the restaurant industry, and the way you become a billionaire in the restaurant industry is by penny pinching and being an asshole. Yeah, but that doesn't work in this business though. <laughs> No, it doesn't. But he's I gonna mean, he's gonna find out the hard way, and he's gonna sell it in like mm-hmm. three or four years. And I mean, the team's gonna be in a terrible, terrible place. For DFW people, like this, the Rangers are a great example of this. <laughs> yep. Their owners hate spending. God, they do. I mean, every single baseball owner hates spending, and that's why. Just... Except for the Yankees. And, yeah. and Magic. Magic loves spending. Man, he really does. <laughs> <laughs> that Dodgers roster, man. Yeah, but they also have like just the one of the best scouting departments and like front offices like in baseball, so it makes up for it. I mean, That's like true. I'm watching Dodgers right now, and they've got Alex Verdugo, who's a great young young talent, and uh, Walker Bueller, who's incredible, and all these other good young talents. Like Cody Bellinger mm-hmm. is hitting right now, and he's like he was hitting like 400 for like two months, which is insane. Yeah, and they don't fire their scouting department every offseason like the Rock, or I said the Rockets, but like uh, the Astros <laughs> The do. Houston does. Yeah. Um, yeah, and somehow they still have a great farm system. Anyway. Yeah, no, ownership is definitely a huge competitive advantage. Um, but the West is going to be really interesting next year. I, I think that we, we have some disagreement on how well the Warriors are going to do. It really depends on what they want to do because it's the first year at the Chase Center. They're still going to have – Steph, they're still going to have Draymond, and they're going to fill out their roster however they decide to. Clay's coming um, back for sure. Well, yeah, Clay, Clay will come but, back. I, mean, I think he already said he's coming back. So yeah, yeah, his dad did. And then, so. and then realistically, like Kevin Durant has that player option, and it may make sense for him to pick that up. Who knows? Like I'm, I'm not an expert in that, and I don't think anybody knows what Kevin Durant's mindset is on things. Nobody does. Yeah. And trying um, to predict it is, is a fool's errand. <laughs> the only thing that I can think of is that, you know, Kevin Durant calling um, Clay after Clay's injury and telling him that they had unfinished business. That That's like, ooh, maybe they're going to try and keep the band together. Yeah. Can you imagine so, if, if KD took a pay cut to stay there? Can you I imagine can how insane I, that would be? I could Gosh, see it. Because be the thing is, it's like, I I was never a person that hated Kevin Durant for what he did. I was never a person that thought that he was a snake. I was never a person that thought that he cheaped out. Like, and maybe this is because I followed Durant when he was at UT, and I followed him when he was in Seattle for the Sonics, and followed him when the Sonics got blindfolded and murdered and moved to <laughs> Oklahoma City. Um, Tragically. In the dead of the night. They just need to pack up OKC and go back there and just... But the thing was, is like, you could see the way that Durant was treated by ownership and by fans and by his own teammates, where 
he never felt like he belonged in Oklahoma City, which is sad. Um, yeah, that is sad. And the thing is, is like, as, as a human being, when you have somebody call you and be like, hey, man, you have an opportunity to win a ring here and we really want you here. How about you and come? We, and we need you. Like, that's the yeah. thing. Is like, like, we need you. The team that just won 72 games, like, we can't do this without you. And yeah. You, we'd love you here. Like, man, that's awesome. And I think, like, the things things with him right now, from what it seems from from my outsider perspective, I think, like, the chemistry standpoint, I don't, I, I think all those issues that we were just making a little bit more of than there were early on in the season, I think mm-hmm. everything is, like, as good as it's been right now. Or, is it, or is it as good as it's been since their first championship together. I mean, let's be honest. Even if Kevin Durant comes back and signs, like, a four-year deal and they extend Clay, and then Draymond comes back as well. Like, if they keep, quote-unquote, the band together, and coming into the playoffs, KD is coming back similar to uh, what Boogie did this season. Um, I don't think he'll be able to come back this season. I'm not saying he will be. I don't even think it's likely. I'm just using this as an example. Mm-hmm. I think that people would consider, the like, say the Warriors get, like, the seventh seed or the sixth seed or something, and then they get KD back, and they get Clay back or Clay's on a hot streak or something like that. I think people would consider the Warriors an underdog, like the inevitable underdog, but still. Oh, God, I hate that narrative. I hate it so much. Like when the stupid Patriots were trying to be like, oh, we're the underdogs this year. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I don't want to hear any single thing about you being an underdog. You've you won. never want to hear you have Tom freaking Brady. You are not <laughs> an underdog ever. Ugh. I get what you're saying. It, it's just... I'm thinking like narrative wise that I could easily see the Warriors being considered underdogs this next season or the season after. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, I think they should be like, if, if everyone's coming back and everyone's hobbled, then like, yeah, the underdog thing is warranted. Um, and it's still like, I would feel bad betting against them in like anything. If they had everyone like in there, there, even if they're like all maybe 70%, yeah. Of what they like are their their peak, still. Man. And they were so disinterested this year. I feel like they were even disinterested in the finals until their backs were against the wall. It was a weird team. It was a weird team. It was a weird series. Man, the last two games were really fun though. Yeah. Well, except for the injuries. Yeah. Outside of that, like that was devastating. It was so devastating, man. The NBA changed so much in like one week. The whole NBA landscape just. Yeah everything well because Kawhi Kawhi's out of out of town out of Toronto so Toronto's gonna win their championship and then rebuild immediately yeah and I think that's might have been what the Mavs should have done in 2011 or just like bring everybody back at least the mushy middle is what got the Mavericks oh gosh it was tough but I'm seeing a lot of uh, Toronto fans on Twitter and I remember remember that feeling of mm-hmm. sitting there watching. I mean, I mean, the NBA landscape didn't change as much the summer of like 2011 as it is changing this summer. But yeah. just being able to sit there and watching everybody scramble, be like, oh, we're gonna try, try and maybe get this person in free agency, and oh, we might do this, and you're just sitting there like, oh, wow, you're trying to get a get a ring. Oh man, I know what that's like, man. Yeah. I don't have to worry about that, any of that nonsense. And it'll be the and same. It's their first with, one, yeah. When and then they're gonna come back. Ring. And then they're going to come back to a dismantled Toronto team. And they'll be like, than... you know what? It's fine. We got our championship. Like, there's, I feel like it's like what half the teams, more than half the teams in the NBA have never won a championship. Yeah, some, something crazy like that. Yeah, because there's like there's so few that have actually done it. It's, it's like the Bucks, the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, well, it doesn't help that like in the 50 year NBA history, the Lakers and Celtics own like 30 <laughs> of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of insane, but I feel like I mean, dynasties pop up a whole lot. I mean, it's just a matter of, like, getting your timing right. And the yeah. fact that the Mavs were able to sneak one in, like, right after, right in the middle of, like, a bunch of dynasties. Like, well, at the beginning of the Heatles, like, the end of the Kobe dynasty, in the middle of uh, the Spurs. They got like, it at the beginning of the LeBron dynasty. Yeah, yeah Like, not just the Heatles, but LeBron in general. Yeah. Man. Like. It's just insane. It just literally like the perfect culmination of things. And I, I like, it's nice, like in, in name to be like, whenever people are referencing like, Oh, this is kind of like this 
Toronto Championship is kind of like the the Madison Two. It's not. It's not. It's it's one of the most unique championships in like North American sports. Like it's the, just the Raptors. No, no. The um. Well, both the of Mavericks. Them. Yeah, yeah, I the mean Mavericks they're both very of, like, unique. Of the the top fifteen all time player, um, staying with one franchise for forever, had been through so much against the same team that denied him five years earlier. Um, and like facing off against the super team, against the best player in the history of the game at the height of his power where they just shut him down. Like there was no injuries, no, no asterisks, no nothing. Like you couldn't put any like, like asterisks on their series at all. Like they went through the defending mm-hmm. champions. Like they knocked out Kobe. They in swept Kobe. They didn't just they knock him out. They swept them. They literally knocked them out. Yeah. <laughs> And then Dirk had, like, one of the greatest performances of all time. Dirk had uh, his flu game. Yeah, he had that in the finals and then in the Western Conference finals against that, like, emerging, like, young, what should have been a super team with three MVPs, three future MVPs on there, and also future um, uh, world champion in Serge Ibaka. Uh, I don't want to disrespect him in that way. And Kevin Durant. <laughs> and Kevin Durant as well. <laughs> it's just funny, like, out of the three, that the... the uh, Thunder decided to keep the worst of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and pay him more than the other two get paid. Good Lord. What a, what a decision. It's fine. The Thunder are, are in cap hell. And it's, it, I feel kind of sad for some Thunder fans if they weren't so annoying as a general group. Um, maybe I just get the annoying ones because I see them on Twitter, but I'm sure there's some nice ones and I feel sorry for those who, are going to suffer in eternal mediocrity like them. And I think Charlotte Hornets fans are low key. Mm-hmm. Like mostly Charlotte Hornets fans are like low key. Some of the saddest in sports because they're always like just good enough to be like middle of the pack for forever. And they're going to be like stuck in cat purgatory for forever. And their owner is also kind of an idiot. Um, and also one of the greatest gamblers of all time in Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, and I think he played basketball too. Yeah. I think, you know, I think he won like, six rings or something pretty i think he was a bench warmer though like i wouldn't put too much credit to those rings oh yeah he he rode the the tails uh coattails of the greatest bull chicago bull of all time in scotty pippen yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) somebody's gonna kill us for that joke oh my gosh i'd let him send all hate at bryce patrick on twitter that's fine i i will take i will take the 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 bearing of of michael jordan slander yeah. i'll stand that's why i say lebron james is the greatest of all time because he's not a dick that's like that's my main reasoning and he doesn't wear <laughs> jenko jeans that has nothing to do with it. it's just that he's a good human being and i feel good yeah appreciating him whereas michael jordan i'm like that guy's a jerk like i don't yeah. i don't feel good supporting him in what anything the, the dickiest thing or the worst thing that lebron ever did was the not one not two, not three, not four. But Here's that made what, him like twenty-three. He was, he was just doing that. I don't know what what they thought they were gonna do. But he no, was just but I'm saying like at, at the time he was like twenty-two, twenty-three. Like he was young. Yeah, yeah he was. It was, it was like he 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 compared to like going off to college for four years, and I was yeah. like, yeah, I get that. But he was he did that on purpose because he wanted to make Dirk's championship that much better um, because he was setting himself <laughs> up to be the villain. Which I really appreciate that. You know, he would def- he loves Dirk, and that was definitely an intentional decision. <laughs> oh, definitely. Did you see the uh, the slight that Dwayne Wade got from <laughs> on Twitter? No. Wait, what? what was this? So this Mark Stein was tweeting that LeBron now has the best player that he's ever played with in Anthony <laughs> Davis. I mean... The best single player he's ever p- played with, and that everybody's like, oh, Dwayne Wade? No, no. Dwayne Wade's not better than Anthony Davis. Yeah. I think that if you ended Anthony Davis's career right now, he would have been a better player all time than than uh, Dwayne Wade was. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, the finals MVP. Like, the, the one where he rode Shaq and then the refs all the way to a championship. Like, oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. And yeah. someone, I think it was like Andrew, Andy Tobo on uh, on Twitter. I love Andy, but he was saying something like, I don't know how good AD is. Nobody really does. But like, it's funny how he puts up these great stats on teams that aren't good. And like, it's hard for like just a big man by himself to be like, to pull his team to greatness. Like look at yeah. the two Wolves big men in um, 
and what will soon be the third great big Wolves big band to not win anything with them in, in Cat. Um, but look what KG did and what uh, Kevin Love did. Those were both really, really good players. Yeah, on absolutely. Terrible middling teams. And, like, he's only have, like, two or three actually, like, good, good players that he's played with. He had Boogie, um, and he had Drew Holiday. Yeah. But I don't think the Drew Holiday fit was as good. They, they needed a more legit point guard that was established. Like, look what they did when they had Rajon Rondo. And I'm not yeah, the hugest Rajon Rondo fan, but, like, that was such, like... It helped him a lot, for it sure. It really did. And, like, there was that one year in the playoffs when they actually, like... It looked like they gave the Warriors, like, a little bit of a push. They only won one game in that series. I can't remember when it was. But, like, 80 by himself was, like, a wrecking crew, like, against the Warriors. And it's like, that that's a darn good player. Yeah. And I if think it gets the biggest the point, concern is injury history for him. But it's also, like, the... Like like we were saying about the importance of medical staffs, and the Pelicans yeah. had like the worst one in forever. And the sad thing is, they just got like they just hired away like the Suns medical team, which was, which has been historically one of the best for like decades. And they're like, hey, look, we did this because they were literally like using the Saints mm-hmm. medical staff, and it's like, well, man, yeah. you're like borrowing like medical staff from a different sport, like that's. Well, they also had a GM from that was also the GM of the. Uh... Of the Saints too, because um, the owner was super cheap. But now that he's dead, like his wife is, can't remember her name, so forgive oh, me. Um, but he was such he was such a great guy, though. Like I feel yeah. so bad. Like he was kind of cheap, but like he was I a mean, great dude. Being cheap or, or being bougie don't 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 a person make. <laughs> it's just Man, a, like he. The, it's I an remember attribute. like I remember he was such like he was so beloved in that city, and he did so much for the city. Yeah. And like it was he was such a great man. He just kind of ignored the Pelicans. That was the thing. Like, which I mean, so did, the, and therefore, so did the city of New Orleans. Yeah, like they're kind of like, they're kind of like the Mavs of of New Orleans, in that like, oh look, there's the football team. It doesn't matter how good they're doing or how bad they're doing. Like, it's Saints Town there. Yeah, I would say that the Pelicans are more like the FC Dallas of New Orleans. Whew, that's rough. But like, they don't have anything else though. Like, that's yeah. because, like. I mean, like, but I, I just the Rangers because... are the the Rangers are the are Dallas like the DFW's second team. Like that's that's kind of clear from from TV ratings and stuff. But like, man, New Orleans has like the the Zephyrs. I think is no the the, ba- the okay. baby cakes now uh, the King Baby Cakes um, is their AAA affiliate mm-hmm. uh, minor league baseball. But like that's it. It's literally just like those two teams, and like it's a it's a decent enough sized city, and it's like the yeah. whole state of Louisiana. Like you could, I don't, I don't understand why they don't draw more. Yeah, it's interesting. You you brought up the Rangers and their TV ratings, but their TV ratings do not equal their attendance ratings because their attendance ratings are pretty abysmal. Yeah, and their TV, TV wait for the Rangers. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, also part of the TV ratings things is that like it's such a wide market. That's true. It's like every piece of Texas except for the little bit of area around Houston. Um, and then, and like then I think most it's, of I think it's also Houston. Yeah, like all of Oklahoma, pretty much. Um, a New Mexico, chunk of New Mexico, Arkansas, and Louisiana as well. So, so they just have a huge S market. They do. Where the Mavs don't, and I just mean like attendance-wise. If yeah, you think yeah. about it, like hardcore fans, it goes Cowboys. I, I argue this. It goes Cowboys, then the Ra- or then the Mavericks, then the Rangers, then the Stars, then the Rough Riders. Than FC Dallas. Uh, eh, I think FC Dallas is above the Rough Riders. People just people aren't like fans of the Rough Riders. That's true. They just go to Rough Riders games. Okay, yeah. If you if you put it that way, then yeah, FC Dallas, and then the Rough Riders, and then unfortunately the Wings. But the Wings are still getting their foothold in the city, and they, they play are. at UTR, which makes it just so hard. It really does. I don't understand why they can't play in in the AAC. Just make things easier. Like what do you what do you written that up for during the summer? There's not that yeah. many concerts. I mean, I'd argue that they would even be better off like playing at Comerica Center um, in Frisco. The Comerica uh, used to be the Dr Pepper Center, where uh, oh oh the one that's like right by the the Rough Riders. Yeah, it's like where, literally that same uh, parking lot. It's where the Legends play. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I think yeah. that'd be great. Because they have a great training facility there. Um, they have a great sports medicine like it's like half basketball court half hockey training facility it's like uh the dallas stars 
headquarters and then they have like a sports science lab there too it's ridiculous wonderful yeah it's like that whole area is really nice um plus they'd be closer to dallas (laughs) yeah yeah that'd be nice yeah and granted, I would love for them to play at the American Airlines Center, but I, they don't draw enough attendance for that to make sense. No, they don't, but just because I want them to, why not? Yeah. I <laughs> think somebody on. somebody mentioned that they could play at Moody um, at SMU. Ooh, that would be good. That would be real good. They could fill that up, mostly. I think so. They're, I don't know that they did an attendance thing, but I would say, like, I don't know how much the current stadium holds, but it was probably like half full That's on the good. lower levels. That's pretty good, especially yeah. since like they're not that great this year. Yeah, they they won their first game. My God, really? Was this yeah. really their first win? They're one in five. Oh, this was God. their first win. Um, and it looked really bad to start the game. Like, yeah, I saw like the offense was just everyone was like terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, busy watching the range. like i wish i could get more into the wings but i was like i was like at the beginning of the year i was like all right i'm gonna get really into it then i'm like i forgot like oh yeah baseball i have to watch like four hours of baseball almost every single day i'll this bring something up rough. i'll bring something up about watching WNBA here in just a minute but um something about the game specifically like i remember the first quarter it was either the first or the second quarter i think it was the first um they had the most egregious 24 shot clock violation I have ever seen. Like, really? They're, How bad they're was past, it? Um, put it this way. The ball was being passed to another player after zeros had hit. <laughs> well, hopefully they can bottom out and go get Sabrina. I want yeah. her so badly. Like That would be the than, goal. More than anything. And they have, have to learn under Skyler. They have one of and the best get, head coaches in, in the WNBA. Yeah, yeah, they do. And yeah, so just Agler. continue to please continue tanking. Like, make sure that that Sky is, is all healthy. Everything's all good. Make yeah. sure Aguma K is is all healthy. Like, just just only Actually, play like half the games. Yeah. Well, you mentioned this about the Warriors pulling a uh, pulling a Spurs Duncan, but this is actually like a perfect opportunity for the Wings to do that. I mean, yeah. Why not? I didn't didn't Sky have like an injury last year that was like pretty severe? Uh, she oh. had pregnancy. Yeah, but I know I know that she was pregnant. She just gave birth, but I thought that yeah. she had like an ACL tear or something. Oh, that's right. She did have an injury like right before she was gonna go on maternity leave anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. So like, just take your time, Sky. Yeah, You're right. Go spend some time with your kid. Yeah, why not? Get yeah, healthy. Just, exactly. Um, but no, what I was gonna say because I've been trying to watch, like you talked about, watching the WNBA more. I'm I'm trying to. Um, something that I notice, it's not that. WNBA players are worse than NBA players, and I don't want it to come off like that, but the games are so different. Like, the way that they're played is so different. Because the Warriors' five-out system changed the NBA. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, free-flowing constantly. Um, Where the WNBA, like, players are taking a lot of threes. Um, For the Wings tonight, they weren't hitting, but, man, it's a grind to watch. Like, it feels like mid 2000s NBA basketball. Yeah, cuz there's still quite a bit of post play. I mean, like there's quite a bit of post play and Kim I don't Beige know if was able to dominate in the post. Like that was her main scoring. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just an Agler thing or the fact that like this is a pretty young and a pretty inexperienced Wings team in general. I think that's it, what it might be. It's just like this is they, just a rough year. They run multiple sets every single time that they have the ball in the half court. Like they're they're running plays over and over and over again, which is just watching the Mavericks, especially is just not something that I'm used to. Like, <laughs> Oh, Oh, they run plays, but well, Carlisle wants to pretend like he's not. They run plays, but the way that they run plays is very much, well, especially because you have a high IQ guy like Luca, which is why it's hard for Carlisle to coach a low IQ point guard. Oh my God, um, it's impossible because it's... Carlisle wants you basically Carlisle's running three or four plays all at the same time. Yeah, which is um, great, and that's how like brilliant offenses work. Yeah, because basically, from what I understand from watching Mavs games, it's like they have plans, but it's like if it's Dwight sets a screen and it doesn't work, they bail on that and do something else. 
like yeah, it's a reader it's a read and react offense it's like there's nothing like okay you have to do this and like no matter what even if like this guy comes up it's like there's contingency plans on contingency plans like it's a like just look and trust you have to trust your point guard or whoever's running the play to make a really good decision and that's why you have to have a high iq guy and having a guy with the high iq and like the vision and passing ability of luca is so important to a carlisle well, offense and, and then also just being willing to do that because Carlisle has also had high IQ guys that clashed with him on that. Um, yeah. Jason Kidd was one of them mm-hmm. for, for a moment. Yeah, Rajon Rondo <laughs> is the prime example of it. RIP. <laughs> so watching the Swings game live and then watching other games on League Pass, it's like they're definitely just running set plays. And it's like it do or die on these set plays, even when you can tell five or six steps ahead of time that that play's not going to work. But they're I still doing I... it. I find it kind of interesting just for, for me as someone who doesn't like, I haven't been into bas like really into basketball for yeah. as long. And it, I think it's, it helps me a little bit um, in learning the game and just like seeing different styles of basketball and, and learning a little bit about that. I kind of like it, but yeah, absolutely. That's just why I wanted to preface with saying like, I'm not saying that they're, that it's worse, that, that it's a worse product. It's just like very different from how the NBA is played currently. I also, think, it's basketball. Like we, as people yeah. who like basketball, it's like, man, like as, as much as it, part of the NBA or a good chunk of the NBA now is like the fun of the drama of the off season. It's like, I also really like watching the basketball. Yeah. I mean, like the NBA is like the WWE in the sense of like, there's always a storyline, <laughs> but you know, going and watching a wings game was still really fun. And it definitely scratched that itch of yeah. like watching basketball, which is why I say it's not bad. Like it's really fun to watch. It's just the very, the first couple of times that you watch it, if you're used, if you only watch the NBA and you don't watch say like college basketball or, mm-hmm. or you don't hate yourself and watch AAU basketball every oh, once God, in a while. I do not watch AAU. Basketball. <laughs> you cannot, you cannot make me do that. But yeah, oh, watching, yeah. yeah. Even like watching like the, in college, like the difference between like the men's and the women's game. You're like, huh, this is interesting. This is really different. And, just yeah. like learning the different rules and stuff, I'm getting used to it. But it's it's different, but it's cool. I like it. I like oh, more basketball. Brilliant. Always and in favor of more basketball. Too. Yeah, like, I wish that we'd have more like because we're seeing we're seeing in the playoffs how the um, NBA players wearing uh, U.S. women's national team jerseys. I love that, and I wish they wear like WNBA jerseys more. Like I think that'd be dope if they just like walked in in that. Yeah, you know, maybe they'll do that next year. Who knows? Because um, there's been way more NBA player sightings at WNBA games this year. Yeah, I mean, like LeBron and like the Banana Boat crew, Sands, um, oh, who M- Mello, who got replaced by uh, Westbrook. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they were they were at the Aces game today, and Liz Cambage was Liz Cambage was was shouting them out. I, f- I still love her, and it makes me so depressed that she's not with the Wings anymore. But I'll, I mean, I'll survive. Maybe. Yeah, the thing is, is that the Wings are owned by some guy that used to have the team be in Oklahoma, and you know that nothing good comes out of Oklahoma. So that's true, um, except for you when you actually physically get out of Oklahoma. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> for a second there, you said you, and I thought that you meant you, Darvish, and I was really confused. Yeah, you actually—he's half Iranian, half uh, Japanese. But he actually grew up in Oklahoma. Funny, no, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be insane. No. Well, I mean, I guess he could have a rehab. He could have had a rehab start for the Oklahoma City Dodgers at one point last year. Uh, I th- or, he, he might have. Yeah, I don't know. So maybe he is Who the knows? only good thing to come out of Oklahoma. Eh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he pitched tonight, and I, I got to see him. Uh, did you see his his tweet? I'm going to talk about it tomorrow on, on Locked On Rangers. But the the Fraley tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just. I mean, Fraley. I, I I didn't know Fraley, and so I hear from all the people who like knew him. He was a nice guy, but just like the, some of the columns that he wrote. I mean, they really rubbed me the wrong way. But he he was an old he sports, just, sports he journalist. Really, he really was. He was the definition of that. And I wish I could have gotten to know him a little bit more. I saw him a couple times at Mavs games, but I I didn't end up going and and saying hi. I kind of wish that I did now. Yeah, I mean trying to bring it back to to map stuff it's funny because like you can tell he's very like old school newspaper guy where oh, yeah. you know dmn has um sefco on the beat i guess 
No, yeah, used Brad. to have Sefco on the beat, and now yeah, it's, uh, Townsend. Town, I think Townsend. I think Townsend's more old school um, than Eddie, even though he's younger than than Eddie. Yeah, um, Eddie yeah. is like super nice, which is why he works for the team now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was kind of PR-ish even when he was like with the DMN. But Brad's done like a bunch of reporting stuff. Like he's working his butt off and calling sources and all this stuff, and yeah. he's real plugged in. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like Brad more so than Eddie. I just thought of Eddie because he was so synonymous with the morning news for the yeah he really was for the Mavs for so long. I mean, yeah, now, he just was the guy like that. It w- it was Eddie. That's it. Yep. <laughs> but I don't know. I I like Eddie. I'm glad I got to got to know Eddie a little bit this year and Brad too. Bunch of good yeah. guys. Yeah, I mean, I think most of the Mavs media is really, really good, which is part of the reason that I think that like there's a non-zero chance that Durant would consider coming here. <laughs> because the fact of the matter is, is like, how nice would it be to live in a large market with a training staff that knows how to deal with Achilles injuries that will not rush you back, where you can be the face of a franchise in a state that you're already aware of because <laughs> he went to UT yep. um, and have a media group. That's mostly going to leave you the fuck alone. Like even when the Cowboys people come in, Cowboys question, Cowboys media are not tough media either. So <laughs> God, no. And also you get to spend time with Dirk, which he loves Dirk so much. Yeah. I still think that it's, I mean, I would put us on par with any other team that barely has a max slot, <laughs> like, which means, yeah. It's a non-zero chance, but it's not likely. I joke about it it's all a, the time. It's a non-zero, but I don't. I, mean, I I've actually come around on it. I'm I would be okay with it now. I was just being my own media tootness self of yeah. like oh. <laughs> but I I come around on on Kevin Durant and I I really like him. He's I mean obviously one of the best players in the world. So I mean yeah, you don't turn that down. Could you just <laughs> plus imagine covering, plus covering a championship would be nice. Yeah. I would I would really like that. Especially Lucas first. Man. Yeah. Can you imagine, though, like, just for 30 seconds, a front court of Kristaps Porzingis and Kevin Durant? I can. And I uh, I need to. I'm glad I'm sitting down. <laughs> falling over. And then you have Luca running point forward, mostly. And then you get two shooting wings, and you're good. Two, Yeah, two 3 and D guys, and you're good. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, now my my largest dream this summer that I could possibly dream is Malcolm Brogdon, and I think that's actually like a it's like a I don't know maybe like a fifteen percent chance. Um, yeah. If I'm being honest, but I'll be honest. I don't know what the Mavericks are gonna do. Like I don't either, and I'm worried that they're gonna do something stupid. I don't think they will, but I'm just worried that they might take a swing too big. And I like right now, I don't like think big they're swing. gonna get the opportunity to. Like honestly speaking. I don't think like, they will either, which is good. I, I hope they just don't take meetings from these these A-list guys. I hope they don't. I hope they just go straight for the B-tier guys that they know would fit well. Because like you're, like, it's hard for me to say pay. that, only because I know that meetings are already happening, even though they're not supposed to. Um, yeah. You take the meetings right now to get get those feelers going and figure out what you have any sort of realistic chance of. Or you make those phone calls to agents and things like that. But you're right. Like June 29th at 8 p.m. or June 30th at 8 p.m., whatever it is. Um, find, spend this time the next couple of weeks figuring out like who you have a chance of. And then go all in on the second and third tier guys after that. Yeah, go throw all of your money at Brogdon and force Milwaukee to make a decision. Like I wish they had done that with, with Capella. I mean it. There people are debating about whether how good he actually is, but at the very least you make your uh, if if they had to max Capella with the the owner that they have right now and the cal- salary cap situation they're in, man, they'd be even in a worse position than they are now. They'd like have to deal Paul mm-hmm. Chris Paul or or Capella and basically end their James Harden run. Yeah, but you know the Mavs could be in a worse position, um, and that position being. Uh, that four-year, $70 million contract offer. Wait. For, uh, from two years ago. For, um, for who? For Nerlens. Man. They could have. <laughs> that that would have been really bad. 
that yeah. would have really ha- hamstrung the team. Man, if if Nerlens had just like tried, then it's that I, that would have been great. That's it's not, not in his personality. No, it's not. It's not. Man, he's just too busy hot dogging it. That sounds <laughs> but it's fine. It should. It does. It does without context. If you if you don't know the context, he Nerlens Noel had snuck off to the the media room at halftime during one of the games to to get a hot dog. Um, and someone took a picture of him. And, Who and, was it and that broke it. that? Do you oh, remember? I can't, I can't. It might have been Cato. I can't remember. Yeah, because I remember somebody just like snapped a picture and was just like, "So Nerlens just came in and got a hot dog?" Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> it just like blew Kato. up from there. <laughs> Man, I remember Carlisle stuff. being a dick about it afterwards, and shocking. <laughs> Just like, kidding, Ricardo is the nicest person in case he's listening to this podcast, or someone who might tell Carlisle is listening to this podcast. I mean, you can have a dick <laughs> answer and be a nice person. Like, oh, he look has, at Pop. He has a lot of dick answers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you have to answer the same question 82 times in a year. At least. At least, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Bryce, is there anything else that you want to touch on? I know it's been a weird week this week with the NBA. <sighs> My gosh, it has. No, the only thing I want to touch is just, just Mavs fans, be happy. Like, sit back and be content. You have two young stars. Literally, the hardest part is done. Yeah, it's enjoy just, the off season. Cause... Enjoy the off season, knowing that you won the off season, like in January. Yeah, there you go. It, enjoy the off season, knowing that no matter what happens, the Knicks are gonna fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> Take solace in knowing that you're not the Knicks. <laughs> yeah. That's always a comfort that I can bestow on yeah. people, except yeah. if they're Nick fans. Then it's like, well, yeah, sorry, buddy. Sorry, Wob, <laughs> and nobody else. <laughs> hey, and uh, and network. Yeah, Wob and network. <laughs> oh my god, everybody else sucks. But for you Mavs fans out there, just be happy you're not a Knicks fan. Yeah, and you've or won an a Oklahoma City Thunder fan. Yeah, and you've won a championship this decade. So, like Raptors fans, in a little bit, you can just sit back and be like, oh, well, Dirk won his championship. And solidifies himself as a top 15 player of all time. And we got to watch all of his career here in Dallas. So literally everything else is gravy. (laughs) But also if they don't win a playoff series this season, this upcoming season, they'll go 10 straight years without winning a playoff series. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, because they haven't won a playoff series since 2011. And then it'll be nine or nine nine years. years. Okay, so two more years of not winning a playoff series and then... Then that's I not think, good. I don't think they're going to make it to 10. I think I don't know that they'll make the playoffs this year, um, but I think definitely they'll make it next year and they'll win at least one series. I hope so. That's my. The opinion. NBA is going to look way different in two years than it does right now. It's going to be. It would look different in like three weeks. It's going to look vastly different in three weeks. So predicting what it's going to look like even in two years is foolish as hell. Giannis is going to be on the new Montreal team. No, Giannis is going to be here. <laughs> Giannis and Kostas messing it up. Oh man, going around so much fun. tearing down the league, and then Alex, or whatever. I think Alex is the youngest one that hasn't been drafted yet. Alex will be yeah. here too. Why not? Yeah, that'll be fun. So they'll they'll destroy the league and then destroy Deep Ellum after. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it'll be the starting lineup of of Kostas and uh, Giannis and Luca and Kristaps. Um, and then that would be Alex. a tall as fuck team. Can you imagine how insane that would be? Three Antetokounmpo brothers and Porzingis and then Luca. Oh my god, <laughs> you really would have a six foot eight point guard. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I could. Somebody's gonna do that in two K now, and just see what that team does. Hell, I might do that in two K. <laughs> <laughs> I go find out what what to make a Alex uh, Antetokounmpo like. Yeah. And then, like, put them up against the uh, the Fab Five Warriors or whatever they call them now. His first five. is the death lineup. And then, it, yeah, Hampton to five. There we go. Yeah. But, oh, my God. And the thing is, is that the NBA season never stops. So get ready for more news this week. I don't know what. You've already got Masai going to maybe going to D.C. You've got all these injuries. You got maybe Obama joining up in some kind of an ownership stake in the in the Wizards. Who knows? Oh, totally missed that. Or are you just making that up? No, 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 no. Like that was a legit thing. Like that was like rumored to be part of the offer um, of like Masai um, 
of size contracts. Like Obama kind of wants to be involved somewhat in an NBA team. Huh. Okay. You know what? He can be involved in um, the Oklahoma City Thunder and then petition to move them back to Seattle. Ooh, that'd be great. And they can be called the Supersonics again. Or he could go go to his hometown Bulls and and try and fix everything there. Ooh, yeah, that would also be good. <laughs> or or he could take a minority stake in his in the best Bull of all time, times team in the Charlotte Hornets and, and try and fix that that disaster. <laughs> yeah, that there's no fixing that. Sorry, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> you but they should have known that the second they had like the worst record of all time and then didn't get the best prospect in the history of like the NBA to that point in Anthony Davis. Like yeah. once that happened, it was like, and they ended up with like uh, Michael K. Gilchrist that year. It's like, man, that's how you know we're just we're done. Just fold the franchise. It's it's over. It's, it's over. a very Knicks thing to happen to them. It, it's worse than the Knicks because at least people <laughs> are talking about the Knicks. Yeah, <laughs> true. At least the Knicks make money. Damn. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I think that that'll end it for this week's podcast. Bryce, thanks so much for coming on and filling in for Ruben while he's getting drunk in Hawaii all day, every day. Ugh, that jerk. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm jealous too. And then he's talking yeah. about not coming back and I'm just, I'm so mad. Well, I'll hop on occasionally if, if, if he ends up just living in Hawaii now. <laughs> he's just, we'll you're gone. Out. You're gone, yeah. Ruben. That's it. You don't get to be in Hawaii and this podcast. You got to choose. Yeah, we'll find out next week if he actually comes back or not. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> Until next week, guys. Uh, I'm Alex. I'm Bryce. And you can, again, follow Bryce um, at Bryce Patrick on Twitter. Listen to his podcast, Locked on Rangers, that he does with Morgan Price. Um, and then, of course, follow us on Twitter and listen to this podcast, please. I don't know how you got to hear without listening, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye.